Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Faith Over Fear with me, Montana Shimmons, where every week we will have a new guest on the show sharing their life story with you. I'm so excited to introduce you to the first guest on this podcast, my brother, Hunter Taylor. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started, Hunter? Yeah, so I, uh, my name's Hunter. Uh, I'm her brother uh, and I'm a youth pastor. Um, I have been in full-time ministry um, for about six years now, um, camping ministry and uh, youth ministry right now. I'm a youth pastor um, in the middle of Michigan, uh, and that's about that's me in a nutshell. All right. Well, I know Hunter's going to have some awesome stuff to share with us for today, so let's just jump right into it. Yeah, um, let's go. All right. To start us off and let us get to know you a little bit, why don't you share a little bit of your testimony with us, Hunter? Yeah, so uh, I was raised in a Christian home um, growing up. Uh, the expectation was that you were in church every week um, and that you were a good kid. Um, it wasn't necessarily expected of me um, to be reading my Bible. Like there was no accountability, I guess. Um, parents, as long as I was getting good grades and not fighting too much and going to church, that was kind of, I was meeting the, meeting the bar, um, meeting those expectations. Um, throughout high school, uh, biggest obstacle was social status. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be cool. Um, and if something wasn't helping me climb that social ladder, uh, I didn't want to do it. Um, so I was putting on kind of this fake face at school, trying to achieve this popular, this social status. Um, and then at home I was putting on this fake face too, because I was this quote unquote good kid who, acted like he had it all together. Um, but by the middle of high school, um, I had totally lost who I was. Um, and I was, I had a little bit of an identity crisis. Uh, and spring of my junior year of high school, I had gotten a job at Wendy's. Uh, I got a car, you drive, you got to pay bills, you got insurance, all that stuff. So I had to get a job, got a job at Wendy's, absolutely hated it. Uh, my mom told me in all of her infinite wisdom, she said, before you quit at Wendy's, you have to have another job lined up, uh, which very smart, very wise. Right. Always do that. Uh, so I was looking. I was putting in applications all over the place, uh, like retail places, um, local businesses. Um, I didn't want to do food service because, well, I hated my job at Wendy's, so I figured I'd hate all food service. Uh, one day she suggested that I put an application in at the summer camp that I'd gone to, the church camp I'd gone to, um, for years. Um, now, I was 17 at the time, so I couldn't be a camp counselor, but uh, they had some other jobs, maintenance, kitchen, laundry assistant, but all that stuff, right? So uh, I applied to be the maintenance assistant, uh, and as I was looking at the application and filling out, there was a bunch of uh, spiritual questions, and um, I was just kind of faking this Christian thing to make my parents happy and um, not get in trouble, uh, so I didn't know how to answer them. Um, I remember there was one question, uh, do you believe in absolute truth? Um, and I had no idea what absolute truth was. Like, sure, there are some things that I think are true. Uh, yeah, and then the guy, actually, that was a question that the guy interviewing me asked. And uh, again, I didn't know what absolute truth was, which... Now, as a youth pastor, I, my favorite definition of absolute truth is Josh McDowell's. Um, and he says, uh, that which is true at all times, in all places, for all people. That's absolute truth. That's a great definition. 
of absolute truth. Um, but I remember in this interview, uh, my, I was having my mom feed me answers um, for some of these questions that I didn't have the answer to. Uh, and going into the summer, my biggest issue with faith or God or Christianity, whatever you want to say, was twofold. Um, one, I didn't think people my age really did Christianity. I didn't think um, young I don't know. That was, that was the first issue. Um, but the deeper issue was that I didn't think God, if he really existed, actually cared about me or how I lived my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that summer, uh, I worked with eh, 15 or so people my age uh, who had gone to church their whole lives. Uh, most of them anyway, but had totally different experiences. Um, Christianity wasn't just going to church or youth group or reading their Bible. Um, They actually had a relationship with God, um, and he talked to them. He answered their prayer. He actually helped them through life. Um, This was a God that I didn't see, that I didn't experience. Uh, And it was really the first time that I understood the difference between Christianity as a religion and Christianity as a relationship with God. Um, and it was that summer that I really started to take my faith seriously and everything changed. Um, so when I really started following Jesus, um, the biggest change was my focus. Uh, came back to school that summer for my senior year and really I wanted to focus on daily decisions for God. And like I said, prior to that, my focus was uh, what does Hunter want? Um, what does Hunter want to accomplish? What do, what do I want to achieve? So social status, social status, social status. Uh, that senior year I came back and it was less about what I wanted and more about what God wanted for me. Uh, so mainly was in my friendships and daily interactions um, as well as uh, my future direction for life. That summer Um, God really started to lead me in the direction of full-time ministry. And that was really where I started to wonder and feel like God might be calling me uh, to full-time ministry. Um, So, and then after that summer, uh, I did a couple more summers and did some schooling at the community college uh, and ebbed and flowed. And sometimes I did better in seasons of life where I was trying to seek out what God wanted for me and there were other times where I was back into what does Hunter want, uh, but ended up uh, following God's calling uh, and worked, got a job at a camp full-time, uh, and eventually got to into full-time youth ministry, which is where I'm at now. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I think I'll have a few young listeners here, and you touched on how you came back your senior year of high school and you were you were choosing a different path. How did your friends respond to that? So I, um, that summer, I had reached out to a few of my friends and said, hey, look, um, I've been pretty fake, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a believer now, and I have to live a certain way now, and I want to. It wasn't that I had to. It was that I wanted to live the way God had called me to. So uh, I lost, actually, a lot of my friendships. Um, But where God takes away, he fills, right? He gives and takes away. Um, And although I lost some of my friendships at school, I'm really close friends 10, 15 years later with some of these people from camp. Um, And it was actually through my summertime 
work at camp where I met my best friend um, and my accountability partner, Flick, who I'll talk about in a little bit. Wow, that's awesome. I love that. So what felt like the biggest failure and what did you learn from it when you were changing paths, getting into full-time ministry at your camp? So one of my biggest struggles uh, throughout my whole life has been pride um, and the self-centeredness, right? I talked a little bit about that where I said like I was always making decisions on what Hunter wanted. Well, my biggest failures, um, and I say failures because there have been a lot of them, uh, and they usually come down to that pride. Um, Something happens and I choose to either honor God with that decision or honor myself Mm -hmm. in those moments. Um, And Excuse me. My biggest failures fall in the times that I try to honor myself. Uh, every day we're faced with a bunch of decisions, uh, interactions. Do we want to um, seek comfort, seek uh, whatever makes us look good? Uh, and I, over the years, I've made some bad decisions, um, and I've chose myself. Um, but by the grace of God, through prayer and through consistent um, checking myself, um, I like to think I make less of those decisions um, to honor myself and more to honor God. Mm-hmm. So I got to say, if you had chosen the path that you chose for your senior year a little earlier, it probably would have been so much easier for you to find all this out. Um, if you Would you think that? Would you go back and tell your younger self something? Or Yeah, I definitely think. I mean, obviously, if you're making bad decisions or you're not focusing on God, uh, I'd love to tell my younger self, hey, uh, two years earlier, three years earlier, ten years earlier, mm-hmm. um, focus more on God because he is real. He does exist and he does have awesome things for you. He has better things for you. Um, but I think if I were to have a quick conversation with myself, it would be about that pride stuff, right? Um, I would talk about some of those failures um, and the heart behind them and talk about how even though I might not believe it or I didn't believe it then, um, or and definitely I didn't fully understand it, but God's ways truly are higher than ours. I mean, he does truly have the best for us. Uh, I've really been digging the song, The Blessing by Elevation Worship Ooh, um, for a lot of reasons. But uh, as simple as it is, uh, the tag where it says like 15 billion times, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you. Um, that's just been hitting me hard lately. Uh, the same God that created the universe is for me um, and is for all of us. Um, and he wants so much better uh, than the temporary, simple things that we want. Um, and so that's that's kind of what I'd tell my younger self. All right. Uh, so you mentioned Flick, mm-hmm. who I know a little bit about. But uh, you couldn't have just chosen this path by yourself. You had to have a little bit of help along the way. So who are three people who most influenced your walk with God? Yeah, so first got to say uh, my youth pastor growing up. Steve, um, he was always, he's consistently there for me. And I say is because uh, today I'm the youth pastor at the church that I grew up at. He's the children's pastor. So he is still consistently that source of wisdom and guidance when I'm struggling with, uh, nowadays it's a lot of youth ministry things. Mm -hmm. Um, But growing up, I remember uh, when I first started to feel like I was called to youth ministry um, or to ministry in general. I didn't know if it was youth or camping at the time. Um, I asked Steve because for the 15 years all throughout grade school, I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to pursue law enforcement. Um, and now I was just starting uh, to figure out like, oh, maybe maybe ministry. Um, so I asked, we had lunch and I said, what do you 
what do you think? How do I, how do I navigate this? And he gave me some of the best advice. He said, pray for doors to be blown wide open or slam in your face. Um, and if you don't think the door is slammed in your face, walk through it. And if you feel peace, keep walking um, and continually pray for that wisdom and that peace. Uh, if you don't feel peace, you know you got to back out, turn around and shut the door and lock it. Um, so Steve was uh, probably the earliest influence. And yeah, I mentioned Flick. Um, Flick is my best friend. He is my accountability partner. Um, he's the guy that uh, is always there for me uh, through thick and thin. Um, and we have been through some thick stuff together. Um, but he, yeah, he, we met while I was, we were both working at camp. We had gone to camp together for a couple of years um, as middle school and high school students. Um, and then we were on staff actually at two different camps together. So um, we've been around together, been through a lot together. And then thirdly, uh, one of my supervisors at camp, actually there's a couple of them that were really mentors. One of them, I'll talk, I'll share a story about here in a minute. Uh, but he was the program director when I was the intern. His name was Malcolm. Um, and then the other one was uh, Dominic, who was my supervisor when I joined on full-time staff at that camp. Um, and those guys were, they just, uh, Malcolm helped me flesh out some of this camping ministry or youth ministry stuff. He really uh, showed me the ropes um, for uh, camp ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dominic challenged me to um, not only continually grow um, in my, like the work sphere, because he was my boss, but also outside. He was really big on creating balance. And um, you have work and you have times where you're supposed to be working. Um, but when you're not at work, you need to be recovering. You need to be resting. You need to be um, plugging in, serving, and getting involved in your local church. So he was really good about that. And then the spiritual growth, spiritual health. Um, he was, yeah, that was that was Dominic. He was He killed it. Um, and there have been more over the years. And even now today, God keeps putting incredible men and women um, in my life to mentor, teach, encourage, and influence me. So, All right. Wow. All right. Um, so we've been <laughs> going in a little deep. We'll give you an easy question here. Um, what's been your favorite book of the Bible to study? Um, ooh, uh, probably James or Philippians, just because they hit a lot on... Um, pride and James is super practical, hits really hard and convicts me every time I read it. Um, but lately I've been studying the last several months, uh, reading through the Old Testament and studying OT stuff. Uh, and there are some incredible stories, examples, and rich truths uh, that we can dive in through the Old Testament. And just uh, I can relate to some of the stubborn Israelites that messed up over and over and over again. But God's grace is stronger than all that. So, all right. Heard it here first, folks. Go read James. <laughs> yeah, James. That's a good one. <laughs> so you're a youth pastor, which obviously I love. That's the path I want to take. But you mm-hmm. have to have had some pretty cool experiences through that. Do you have any cool stories you can share with us from that? Man, ministry is a trip. Um, you you will not uh, fail to find some crazy stories. But uh, when I was an intern at camp, uh, which this will, I'll, it'll make sense when I talk about youth ministry in a minute. But when I was an intern at camp, my boss, Malcolm, I just talked about him. He was the program director and he, we were talking like, why camping ministry? Why are you here? What do you want to do with your life? Um, and I told him that I was at camp and I wanted to pursue camping ministry because I loved hanging out with campers and um, helping them kind of figure out this spiritual walk thing, this whole God loves me and wants a relationship with me. What is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and he told me that when he became a uh, program director, he spent significantly less time with the campers uh, and more time with the staff. 
Um, and he told me that the job of the program director wasn't necessarily to hang out with campers, but to pour into the staff and create a program for both the staff and the campers to thrive in. Um, and I, as I look back, I think that was kind of the moment where I realized that um, youth ministry was more my speed, was more my avenue. Um, but then when I transitioned to youth ministry, I learned pretty much the same thing applies here as well. Um, my job is about creating a system for the students to grow closer to God and creating a system for the leaders to pour into the students. So uh, I say that to say that I'm still pretty hands-on with the students, but most of the stories that I um, hear or that I witness are through leaders pouring into students. Um, but I still am pretty hands-on with the students, so most of my stories come uh, from my interactions with the students and, and a balance of my leaders' interactions with the students. Uh, some, some really cool stories. Uh, I love when my students uh, go, like graduate, I don't love when they graduate the program. That's <laughs> But I love when they go and graduate the program and continue to walk in faith, continue to serve in their church, or go out into college and serve in their college ministry. Um, so those are where the coolest stories come into play. Um, we've had students go on to pursue full-time ministry. We've had students go on to um, be missionaries. Um, so it's been cool over the years to see them continue the faith on. Um, and then, like... You don't have to go and be a missionary or go to full-time ministry um, in order to effectively serve God. So to see students, like we have a couple students just in the last two or three years um, who have dived, dove in, dived? Uh, dove? Dove, dove, dove head first into campus ministry um, and into uh, local church ministry, uh, working on their normal jobs, their more normal career or schooling. Um, but students like you who... Uh, it just in the last couple of years, you were super heavy involved in campus ministry, um, and now you're super heavy involved in ministry at the local church. You're involved in the children's ministry. You have one of my uh, youth leaders. So to see that happen and to see kids really own their faith um, after high school um, are some of the really cool moments that uh, really keep us going. Uh, and now we don't do ministry for these moments but they really encourage us and spurn us on to keep rolling all right yeah those that's really nice i can't wait to be able to see some kids do that even just the ones that i'm ministering to right now it's gonna be so awesome to see yeah um so what do you have to tell those who are just coming to christ or those who are struggling in their faith um so if you're a new believer um don't feel like you have to clean up your life like now uh God will work through you. He will change your heart. He, some of these these bad habits, there are things you're going to have to stop right away. Maybe relationships have to end. Um, maybe you have to stop spending time with these certain people, whatever. But focus on seeking God's face through prayer, through diving into your scripture, through um, church involvement, going to youth group if you're a student, getting plugged in a small group, whatever your church has for discipleship. Um, spend some time learning about how God's wired you. Um, so like figure out some person, your personality, um, your strengths, your weaknesses, your spiritual gifts, um, and then get an accountability partner and or a mentor. Um, and they more than likely might be two different people. Uh, but start serving and using your gifts at church and then uh, keep it simple. Don't think you have to do all of those things in the next week. Um, just focus on doing the next right thing each day. 
spend try and spend a couple minutes reading your Bible or uh, just make a list of a, what do you want to do in a week. All right, I want to make sure I go to church on Sunday and I want to do a reading plan on the Bible app. Um, but simply do the next right thing. Um, and if you're a struggling believer, if you're a believer who um, maybe you're doubting your faith a little bit or you're not sure um, what to believe anymore, um, first I would ask, are you filtering culture through God or are you filtering God through culture? A lot of times when we start to doubt, I mean, we start to question our faith, it's, it's because we're allowing our environment, we're allowing the world um, to tell us what we're supposed to believe instead of looking at God and getting our beliefs from him. Um, so that would be the first thing you got to figure out. Um, and secondly, get back to the basics. Uh, spend some time reading your word. Spend some time in the Bible. Um, get away. A lot of the times when we uh, start to doubt, start to question, have these faith crises, it's because we're overworked, we're exhausted, whatever. So spend some time in rest and Sabbath and get in your word and pray. Uh, another big uh, side effect or a big, really, cause we see of people doubting their faith, struggling or walking away from the church is they stop going to church mm-hmm. um, or they aren't involved in church. They're not plugged in with a small group. They don't feel connected to the body of Christ. So get connected. Get an accountability partner. Find a mentor. A lot of these are sound like the same things um, because they're so important as we seek to continually grow, understand God, his word, and his will for our lives. Um, we need to have these systems in place, uh, accountability of mentorship, of discipleship, of diving into the word, the spiritual disciplines of prayer, reading the Bible, meditation, and um, being a part of the local church body are huge. Wow. That was some solid. That was right? a lot. Just drops of knowledge on us. I might have to go back to listen to that later. Some of the stuff you just said would be good for even people who have been believing for a while. It's yeah. a good reminder, good refresher there. All right. Well, I think we're good for today. That was some. That was a lot. I'm happy to go lot. through this we did, again, for yeah. sure. Uh, but I know you have your own blog, yep. so uh, I'll let you throw in some self promo here. Where can we find any? Why can where can we find that? Yeah. So my blog is musingofayouthpastor.com. Um, and I mean, you can find me on all the social medias, Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, not MySpace anymore, (laughs) not for the last 20 years. I don't know why I said MySpace, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, yeah. So. All right. And I do follow that blog guys. There's some good stuff on there. So you definitely want to go check that out. Well, thank you so much for Hunter for coming on faith over fear. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah. Thanks so much. No problem. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Catch you on the next episode of Faith Over Fear.